Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Amen. You know, when we were growing up, we, uh, things were different when I was a small, smaller person. <laughs> you know, uh, somebody was talking about the slides. You know, we had these metal slides in the playground. And, uh, and yeah, but we did all kinds of things. Like if we found a, a ditch or something like that that had a bit of water in it, we'd throw it on it. I remember some of them threw, threw dirt on it one day. And whatever was handy, we threw it on it. And then we let someone else try it first. <laughs> we knew about the burn issue. We were just letting someone else have the joy of it first. You know, I saw somebody, I've never, uh, oh, all the dangers of the playground. And I remember when our children were in elementary school, they were fussing about swings. And that was the next thing. Some one child had hurt themselves. But in all of that, and on all the history I had, and we had all kinds of children in our neighborhood, the uh, parent groups that I've been involved in, I'd, I'd never witnessed any of this. And, and at one point, I was actually the president of the DPAC for Surrey. And I can tell you, we didn't have on record maybe one broken bone on a playground that was reported to us. Now, there may have been others but they weren't reported. And when I was growing up, I only know one person that was around in, in my circle who had a broken arm. And it wasn't on any of the playground equipment. We were having a scuffle and it was icy and she pushed me this way and I pushed her that way and she fell over backwards and broke her arm. And I happened to be very closely involved in that. <laughs> but it wasn't my fault. But when I read it to her later, we, we had, both had children, and we, we had two at that point, and she had two. She went on to have four. And we had went one day at the, the uh, Lonsdale Key, took the kids on the, it was a big deal to go on the Sky Train when it first came, for all those people who use it every day to get back and forth out of Vancouver. For us, it was like it was a big deal. And actually, we took a ride on it one day, got right at the front where he could see everything coming, and he was, I think, about three years old, and, and he was just thrilled. I know that there are people who ride it every day who do not feel that way. <laughs> but I met this gal, and, and we, she had gone through the same elementary school and high school, and so we knew each other from kindergarten. And there she was with her kids, and she said, see this lady? She broke my arm in grade one. <laughs> well, that wasn't the whole story, but it was part of the story, and we laughed, and because we could. Here we were, gathered, still friends, and yet she'd had a break in her arm. We were still friends on Facebook, even. <laughs> what am I telling you? We got involved in dirt, and dirt didn't get on us. She was able to share some dirt about my past, and I didn't get offended either. Good morning. It was dirty. We were scuffing. Uh, we were actually fighting. You know, I don't even remember what it was about because I was six. It could have been anything. <laughs> but it wasn't Facebook because we didn't have it then. And it wasn't Instagram and we didn't have cell phones. And, but who knows what it was about? But does it really matter? I want to talk to you about dirty stuff today. What's dirt? You know, it's funny. One of the other things that we had growing up is, is that, oh, money's dirty. Don't put that in your mouth. It's dirty. Yeah, don't do that. Don't, don't put money in your mouth. You might swallow it, and then you've got to end up going to the hospital or something like that. That's bad news. You don't want to go in the hospital and have them try and get that out, and then the, the doctor just tells, just wait. This too <laughs> shall pass, you know. And uh, <laughs> good morning, everybody. <laughs> and trust me, you don't want to spend that after. <laughs> dirty stuff. Sex is dirty, Right? Lots of things we've nicknamed dirty. But the truth of the matter is, at the end of the day, we came from dirt. And if you look at the human body, 
it's mostly water and then carbon, dirt. We have to learn how to take care of this dirt and make sure we do it well, and when we're done, it goes back to dirt. So in one sense, we're dirty people. <laughs> well, that was kind of fun, but nobody really appreciated as much as I did. <laughs> Turn with me to Luke chapter 13. Some of the things I say today may upset you. Don't worry, keep breathing. Because at the end of the day, you might feel better. Amen? Luke chapter 13. I'm bringing this up because sometimes we get stuck in a, a place where, verse 6, where we look at all the dirty stuff in life and it affects us wrongly. And yet, you know, last time I checked, if you take a bath, the dirt washes off. You know, I can remember even while you're finding Luke chapter 13, verse 6. Well, while we're looking at that, think about how many times I think is, I don't know if we actually wore a lot of shoes. You know, I think we ran everywhere in bare feet, even on the hot cement, which wasn't good. Um, but sometimes, oh, 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 you know, oh, it's hot. Or, or, and, and we got so calloused feet that we'd walk on rocks and not care. We didn't have those special shoes for when they go to the beach. You know, we didn't have those things. We had those, you know, jelly shoes or whatever they are and the Crocs and all those fancy things that they can wear on the rocks. We, we just, and there were barnacles. And sometimes we came home with bleeding feet. True story. But we just kept going. We ate with dirty hands. We drank out of ditches. Right? Garden hoses. And we lived. I don't even remember hardly ever being ill. Hardly ever. Anybody else know what I'm talking about here? I think you roll around in the dirt some. Oh, yeah. One of the things I never got into, though, is when we traveled abroad, that I noticed that people run around and flies are landed on them, and they're like, didn't do this. I still do this if a fly or whatever, you know. And, and we're not talking the size of flies we have in British Columbia. <laughs> and they don't fly well when they're that size. It's like, you ever noticed a crane fly? You ever seen one of those? You know what I mean by a crane fly? They don't fly well. <laughs> they, 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 not on a straight path. Not something where you can find out where they're going. They look like they're having a problem upstairs, you know. Well, these big things about so long, and they weren't locusts, they were some other thing. They just, oh, it is a fly. Big, fat bodies, ugly wings. And they can't find where to go. They fly in your face, they fly here, they fly there, they land on you, they leave, they're and they're like, and everybody's like, meh. Well, I wasn't. I'm like, it's like, I don't like that. And they come out at a certain time of day and a certain time of year, and then they're gone. And nobody sweats the flies. Nobody's bugged by the flies. Okay. Well, we keep trying. Good morning. <laughs> Luke chapter 6. You should have found it by now. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 6. He spoke this parable. Jesus was talking. A certain man had a fig, fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he to the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? Which is interesting. Why let it bug the ground? Why let it take nutrients out of the ground when it's not doing nothing with it? Good morning. And he answers and said unto him, Lord, let alone this year also till I dig about it and dung it. It'll bear fruit. And well, and if not, then after that we'll cut it down. And from here, and from this parable, many people have come along to this idea that that's it. We've just gone from dirty money, dirty sex, to manure in our life. And when the, you know, producing fruit as a believer, and we'll talk about that, what fruit is in a minute, but our idea, if the fruit's not coming, that, we, that God has sent manure into our life of troubles. And, and they, they, I'm telling you, people actually think this. And they think that God has sent manure, terrible troubles, sickness, disease, anything that's covenant, that he would somehow erase covenant promises and send them directly to every believer to teach them so that they could pray for food. 
And this thing has come in and in all kinds of ways and sometimes sneaky and not as blunt as I'm saying it today, but it is there. And this is why I say, if you're getting upset, just hang on, we'll get through to the other side. First of all, fruit is character. It's not what you do that makes Jesus happy. Character comes as you yield to Holy Spirit, means you give him the right of way in your life. So you yield to Holy Spirit, and the very character of God begins to come through. Now, of course, that isn't going to happen the first day you're saved, but usually something shows up, like joy. And so we, we, as we yield, his character begins to be formed in us as we yield, as we give him the right of way. That's what yielding is, giving him the right of way. Right? Make sense? So as that flows in our life, that begins to happen. Now, the rain falls on the what? The just and the unjust. What does that mean? Everybody gets under, outside in the rain. When I go outside, if I don't have an umbrella, I get wet. Troubles happen to everyone. You don't get picked on because you're a believer. You don't get manure just because you're a believer. You don't get troubles of this world because you're a believer. Everybody has trouble because the world is corrupt in and of itself. We live in a corrupt world. And so because we are still here on planet Earth, we are living in a world that's got crazy junk going on. Now, we're believers. We got the umbrella. Amen. How many people I have met through all of the circumstances in my life who are in dire need, who've had horrific things happen to them, but they didn't have Jesus and they were broken, not knowing how to get up, not knowing how to get through, not knowing how to carry on with their life, no hope, no hope. And somehow the idea that we are more like them than we are of the believer's favor becomes very difficult to understand. And, and, and because how this message comes out, this parable, is that, oh no. And so we say, God's going to move. That may, or I need to serve God. And the next thing you know, if you serve God, everything's going to go wrong. I have heard people preach the gospel and tell you, well, Get ready, you know, if you accept Jesus, you're going to lose all your friends. There's a high cost, you know, to serving God. You're going to lose everything that's in your life. You're going to be poor, broke, and hated by everyone. Boy, I want to get born again. Not. And, and they never share the wonder of Jesus. That, hey, look, you can't take anything he already did for you. That if he paid such a great price, what are you doing trying to pay it for him? If he took every sickness, what are you doing with it? Why haven't you come to the great grace exchange and had a little party with Jesus and had him take what you didn't need and take what you didn't want and take the things that have been harbored in your soul so long that it's found, you know, it isn't just like taking up space in your head. It's, it's, it's ownership up there. It's got little comfy spots in your brain and how you think. Do you know what I'm talking about? You've got some bad stuff going on upstairs and you just think it has a right to be there because it's been there so long. If he changes us and changes our soul and changes how we think, chances are he's going to renew our mind like he said he would. And it's time we had a clearing out of the attic. And you see, Jesus is telling us these things because there's a way sometimes we get stuck in life where he does. He can make fruit come out of your life, but it's all about yielding. And it's not yielding to garbage. It's not yielding to manure and allowing it to somehow grow you. The thing about manure is this. There's, there's stuff in manure that you're probably missing. And, and how we face and talk about fertilizer is not really very good. See, I remember one year we had, in our other house, we had this great uh, harvest. And I mean, the tomatoes came up like they, people said, what kind of bush did you plant? I mean, they... 
but we had put down chicken manure for the first time. That's what we'd used. But there was something in that that those tomatoes needed, and they're heavy feeders. They needed a lot of food in order to produce food. And we had enough for the whole entire neighborhood in a very short amount of space, probably six feet and only two feet wide, and we could feed the neighborhood. Mm. There was something necessary in there, something we were needing. It wasn't trouble. And you see, they've taken this parable and made it about trouble instead of nutrients. There are things that we need to feed us that will cause that fruit that God's wanted to grow in our life, the character that's missing so much in our world today. This world needs us to live out the very character of God. Do you know that that's actually what they're teaching in Sunday school? I find out later they're talking about fruit of the spirit, which is the character of God. And so we need to not just be carriers of the anointing, but walkers in his character. And it's time the body of Christ got the idea of what is dirt and what is not. And we have been involved in some dirty stuff that needs some purging out. I was sharing with someone this morning before church how it's very interesting how when we cut off the news in our life and stop watching that, that that along with it, there were several other things that like TV just lost its whole thing. And it just, I don't know, we just kind of don't watch it. I mean, how it is made. Want to have it? Okay. I'm full of stories today, so you just have to have a talk with Pastor Mom. So I was, <laughs> our little one, he likes, Wyatt likes to watch how it's made and he likes the, you know, anything that's got a drill or a, you know, this and that and, he can name all of them. When we drove by some construction work, he was like, he's naming all the kind of excavator, dump truck, but he had all the proper names. I, do, I can't even tell you. I'm just, it just doesn't, it's not my deal. But we're watching it, and, and this episode comes on about pinatas, how it's made. I was talking about this pinata and how, uh, and I'm like, okay, here we go, and it's going to be all about witchcraft. So this is what I'm thinking because I've seen some weird looking things in pinatas. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? You know what a pinata is? You know, the big things they hang up and they're full of candy and stuff. And you beat them with a stick and they break and candy goes everywhere and the children are happy. <laughs> you know, this Sunday morning, I think a lot of people come to church feeling that way. Oh, they're gonna break a pinata, the anointing's gonna flow, I'm gonna get touched by the pastor and everybody's gonna go home with candy in their mouth. Wow. Lots of stories about pinatas. <laughs> And so on this earthly television show, they begin to talk about Jesus. I'm like, what? And they said, this is how the Christians brought Jesus into the Spanish communities. They used the word Jesus. I'm like, they didn't just say uh, preaching the gospel or bringing their, you know, the Christian thing, religion. They didn't say that. Now they really had my attention. Because when they say Jesus, suddenly I'm not just watching it with my grandson. I'm like perked up, oh, <laughs> paying more attention here. And they had a star that had seven different points and they had seven different colors. And so when they had these seven points, they shared how these were the seven deadly sins and they were talked about it, how it captured people. And, and, it said, and so the blindfold, because we needed to have, be able to see that God could deliver without us seeing what was going on. They give him a stick and you break that thing. When you break it, the favor of God would flow in your life. And, you, and this character, I'm like, and they used it to break. I'm like, this is good. We can have pinatas at church. <laughs> we got dirt all wrong. We need some food that will cause us to grow and cause us to love Holy Spirit and cause us to be hungry for more. That place where we're drawn in and say, you know what? I want to yield to you. This is good. I want to allow your character to be developed in me. I want that. I don't want to be angry anymore. I don't want to be pretending to be happy or joy-filled. I want what you've got set apart for me. I want that. Now, see, if you look at the fertilizer differently, instead of calling it manure and thinking, oh, that's it, I'm going to surrender to Jesus, here comes all the wars. Oh, we had a really good meeting. Just wait, the devil's going to get you on Monday. Hmm? How about marvelous Monday instead? Yeah. The thing is, 
If I asked you all to stand up, you would. I'd nod. And you sat down. Not one person here would think the chair wouldn't hold them. Truth. Is it because of experience? Or is it because you just think the chair will hold you? You just think the chair will hold you. Right? You don't have to work up faith for it. And faith needs to come that way for the things of God, for the character to be formed. You see, we've tried to put works ahead of faith and say, well, I'm going to prove that I have faith by a bunch of works that I'm going to stir up on myself and push them out. But when I believe that God will work his works in me, it's kind of automatic to have a work happen. We become work-focused, again, because like when you're focused on the dirt, you're trying to fix the dirt. You know, I was, um, we're growing kohlrabi, and something was eating it. And the next thing you know, there's a big, something was like sitting right in it. They left their mark. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm doing everything. I'm clipping. I'm, look, I'm watching videos to make it grow and all kinds of things. And everything I'm doing is not working. So I thought, well, I'm going to pray about it. <laughs> I used cayenne pepper, and that kept the whatever out. Just put cayenne pepper around the edge. Didn't harm the birds. Everybody's happy. No more sitting plunked in the middle of my kohlrabi. I needed to hear a right solution. I needed to hear what it needed, and apparently they're heavy feeders and had to feed a lot of food and a certain kind. Hmm. And a certain kind. If I wanted a harvest, I needed to find out what needed to go in the ground. And so troubles don't fix you. They don't make it better. If you're sick, it's not going to make you stronger in faith. But if I've read the word of God and I begin to see how Jesus healed and he took that and how he's good at what he does and then continue in that, I have to read the Bible a lot sometimes. Is that a big deal? Is that more difficult to read and spend time thinking about the word, studying the word, is that more difficult than being sick? Hmm. Right. Part of it is what I expect. And we become a society that expects the next disaster and has made room for it. Because we know what to do if sickness comes our way. We know what to do. And it's like, we could, you could say, oh, we'll mount up. The, now, we had somebody in, in hospital currently, but they're taking the word of God, and they're feeding themselves, and they're going, and they're improving constantly. And we'll see Bruce back next week. Amen. God's put it in his life, and he's progressing very quickly. Amen? He took the word of God, but he already had the word of God in his heart. So when something tried to, the wind tried to blow and shift him, what was in him rose up. Amen? He didn't have to mount up, uh-oh, here comes sickness that's trying to teach me something. And we, we're really hoping we'll get past that. But even if a person isn't saying it, sometimes it's still sitting there inside. Maybe it's like John chapter 11. Maybe his parents sinned. Maybe I'm supposed to learn this. Oh, I don't know. I've learned something about sickness. It's bad. And when I'm attacked with pain or anything like that, it's very hard to think the word. It's much easier to think about when I'm feeling well. Right? Has anybody ever been in pain besides me? Yeah. All right. It's not nice. <laughs> it's terrible. And if you've ever been attacked with sickness, it's not, it's not, I'm not, the only thing I have ever learned is that it's awful. There was a time uh, several years ago when I, I was quite ill and had to take a few days off and, 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 and such. And, and I'd had, I'd had uh, double pneumonia. So I was not well. <laughs> and, uh, and so finally I come back and I was with a group of pastors and they didn't have the same kind of, and they said, whoa, you know, maybe the Lord was teaching you something. I said, yeah, I have like three times the work to catch up on that I did before. If he was trying to tell me, because he said, maybe he's trying to get you to rest because you're always, anybody who knows me, I'm always on the go. And he says, maybe he's trying to get you to rest. Well, I said, well, that didn't work. Because now, it, uh, the three weeks that I was out, I have three weeks to work on plus what I'm currently up to. 
So if it was a lesson about, about rest, that one's not working. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, sometimes my mouth works before my brain does. And, and they're looking at me like, what? I said, I didn't learn anything is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, I'll pray for you. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, sometimes we learn who to speak to and who not to and who to share stuff with the wrong way. Anyway, so, so when we're thinking about all these things, that's not the dirt. What's in there? There's some nutrients. What do we need? What's really needful in this hour to produce that work that Holy Spirit's wanting to draw us towards? And you see, so many things in my life I tried to fix. I'm sure that I am not the only one here. I have tried to fix. I remember I went to this one. I said, I know you're so focused. And I said, can you give me three points about focus? And they looked at me. You have a focus issue? Any person who's walked around me and who knows me knows I'm very focused. But I wanted to be more focused. Surely if I was more focused, more of God would flow through me. I wouldn't make mistakes. I'd always speak perfectly. I could speak the King James language without ever tripping over my tongue. I could preach better. I could minister better. I'd be a better believer. <laughs> How many people know that that was a lost cause? <laughs> Imagine, I know. <laughs> and they just looked at me like, what? Sure, um, this is what I do, but I, I think you're pretty focused. <laughs> Maybe you need to, you know, work on something else. <laughs> and, and you see, and if we could laugh at ourselves and go, man, I was in the flesh. Oh, my dirt was showing. <laughs> Come on now, follow me. You see, there's this place, no one, no one likes to go, well, I was in the flesh, because then you think, oh, I wasn't a very good Christian that day. Folks, we live in our dirt. And the only way it gets better is by allowing Holy Spirit to move in our life and to bring the change and bring what we need and to be open to hear what's going to cause growth to happen. And it was such a wonderful verse that was brought up from uh, Psalm 92, right? Uh, those that are in the house of the Lord, they'll flourish in the house of the Lord, and then they're going to have hearing ears and open eyes. We don't have open eyes. We're not seeing things from God's perspective. If we're not hearing the word of the Lord, if we're not able to hear when the word is spoken, if we can't bring it in, something wrong, and that's our kind of clues. If we're not seeing things from God's perspective and continue to see things out of our experience, what we know goes wrong, this is how wrong works, I know wrong well, I've lived in it for years, and I know ahead of time that this is going to be the result because it always fails. That means you're not seeing heaven's perspective. Well, I've heard that message before. Well, they always say that. I don't want to say it that way. I know I've heard this. I've, I've said it myself. I've heard that. I know it doesn't work. I know when I've heard that, it produced nothing in my life. Nothing ever changes here. I know, I know, I know. Guess what? Your ears are plugged. And that wax got to come out of there. Good morning. You need some, some like, Rotatillin. <laughs> Ever seen one of those things? We had one in our last yard. Oh my goodness, rocks, everything go flying and the dirt looks nasty. But now it's ready. Sometimes when you're ready, you look crazy. True story. You ever seen someone after God's done a work on them on the floor, they get up, their hair's this way. If they had glasses, they don't, they've lost them. Their clothes are like this. <laughs> they might have had makeup on if they're a lady, but it's like that, you know. Fellas got their shirts untucked, and they stand up. They look awful, but they've been rototilled, <laughs> and they are ready to grow. <laughs> they are ready for nutrients, and the Word of God is a nutrient to cause us to turn and come in and have a place we can grow. I'm using a lot of funny terms today, but I'm trying to paint a picture by the Holy Spirit to show you how you can grow and have his character develop in your life. Because when your character is strong, it won't matter what happens. It won't. You can have unshakable character where you don't care about the hot slide and you'll go first. You can have that place where the wind will blow and you won't. Amen. 
I'm going to show you something out of the book of Mark. Let's go there. Mark chapter 1. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing when we can allow Holy Spirit to begin his work in our life and go, you know what troubled me? It really bugged me. And not only does it bug me, it bugs them. It bugs them. And I'll tell you who else it bugs. Good morning. Bugs me too. I like to be perfect. Anybody else? I'm just warning you, that's another lost cause. <laughs> he's perfect and he's working perfection in me, which is really maturing me. Amen. And then I don't get to be a baby and whine. Right. Amen? If you whine, I'm not listening. This is your warning. <laughs> I will encourage you. And I'll throw a little more fertilizer on you. <laughs> but not trouble! Nutrients. Are you in Mark chapter 1? And I'm going to start at verse 17. You're going to go, oh, well, I've seen this before. Oh, can you see heaven's perspective still? When it comes to familiar verses and things we've heard many times, remember to keep seeing and hearing. Amen? Jesus said unto them, come ye after me. I will make you fishers of men. Become. Verse 18, straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. Oh, well, I've seen that before. I've heard that before. Pastor Ann talked about following. That's really good. I've heard that before. What does that really mean? Well, first of all, they forsook their nets. Now, years ago, I, the Lord spoke to me and he said, it's not essential to salvation. Nets. Stuff we get stuck in. It isn't going to mean anything for eternity. What are you stuck in that means nothing for your eternal salvation and your eternal life with Jesus Christ? What is it that you're stuck in that is making heaven look kind of like, well, too far off for me. Maybe I'll never get there, and I'll, if I do, I'll be going to sliding under the pearly gates because that's about all I got. What net have you got trapped in? What thing's holding you down? Leave it. It doesn't say fix it. It doesn't say tie the strings. It doesn't say go on a list. Make a very long list of everything you hate about yourself. Have you ever listened to AA's doctrine? They boast a 3% success rate, you know, in the States. That's quite a success rate, I'd say so. Not anywhere near 10, 30, 60, 100 fold. Not anywhere near that. Praise the Lord. The world still tries. Bodily effort will probably... You know, it'll prosper a little. It'll little. But if you'd like more, like 30, 60, 100 fold, you have to do things God's way. Leave them. You mean I can just leave them? Yes. Leave them. You can't fix it anyway. I don't know anybody that time travels except God. He can look forward, backwards, he's eternal, so time isn't a thing for him. When the blood was shed, it wasn't shed for just that moment. There it is. He shed the blood at the cross. That's it. In mo in that moment when he died. If you can't time travel back to the cross, it ain't going to work for you. Right? Nobody thinks that. Right? Right? Am I right? Right? No one's thinking that. That's it. We're all going to time travel back to the cross. We'll all meet him there. We'll meet you at the cross, Jesus. Sometimes we say things. They're silly. No one's time traveling. The blood is eternal. Leave the net behind. Leave what's in this world. Leave the thing that's hindered you. Leave it. Walk away. Walk away. You don't need it. Now the interesting thing is that word follow. In this particular verse, it means it's got lots more strength in it than we don't. Oh, follow sounds kind of like Oh, that's a nice little trip. I'm going to follow Anne. I'm going to go to Quebec. Maybe I'll sit behind her in the airplane. But then I talk the whole time or sleep. Hopefully not snore. But I'm going to follow her because that sounds like a really great trip. Montreal. And, and we know someone else in our congregation, Nora, and their family was recently, recently there and enjoying it as well. But they didn't follow Nora. This follow has an intent of like, you're going against the flow to follow. 
that it, it's, it's intense. It's got the word wrapped in it that's like, there was a great wind blowing. Everybody, you talked about the wind in Quebec. You ever been in the wind in a very windy place and you go in, you would know in your boats, you know what it's like, and head into the wind, right? And so when you're following Jesus, you're heading into the wind. And so there's, there's some force to the follow. It's not this like, oh, we can, well, there's a nice idea. It's not a nice idea. I mean, it's a good idea. It's probably really smart. But it's not got that, that kind of like schmellow thing. Oh, I'm just going to like trot along behind Jesus. Because that seems like a good idea. Because if I do that, I'll get favor and I'll be blessed. And we'll have ice cream later. It's a forceful, decisive follow where you decide, that's it, I'm leaving the junk, I can't fix it anyway, I've tried. And, and I hope you can hear me. There is nothing you can do to fix you. Nothing. 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 And I've tried a lot of different ways. <laughs> and, and so take my success story. <laughs> the day I decide to leave the things that entangled me behind. I am no longer entangled. And all it was, was a decision. We talk about in salvation that it's a decision to follow Jesus. Will you make the decision today? Will you accept Jesus as Savior? Do you believe he's gone to the cross and died for you? Are you willing to make that decision today, right? We've talked about that. And, and when you first make that decision, it's like, happy day, that was a good choice. But did you know that when you woke up on Monday and when you wake up on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you still have that decision. And when you make an aggressive follow decision, things begin to change. I'm heading into the wind and you know what? I kind of like it. I like the wind in my face. It's a good feel. It's why I like to ride motorcycles. <clears throat> There's a feeling, you know, and you're going fast. Handmaid, I like to go fast. You like going fast? You like that wind in your hair? I don't like bugs in my teeth, but I like wind in my hair, amen. <laughs> And so there's a, that's the kind of thing. It's that decisive go forward. It's not a place of maybe. Maybe. And you see, when you're willing to leave behind and get into that wind, you know what else? There's an interesting thing about headlong into the wind. There's a cleanness. There's a cleanness in it. Man, you feel alive. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> head into the wind, and it's just like, whew, yeah, and you feel that wind, and it's like, whoa, you feel clean. It's good. And you know what? You don't even realize what's in behind you. You've lost focus. We took a little ride several years ago, in a harbor ride in, uh, uh, off of uh, Stanley Park. It was very windy that day. <clears throat> it's a little paddle wheeler thing, and you go up for an hour. And standing up on top, and just the wind blowing, there, there's just this freshness. And you see, we've been feeling a little stale as believers. We've been a little stale. And we forget that the life of God is the life of God. I know, really, really deep, right? But the life of God is the life that he's called us to live. And when we face and follow him, first of all, we have protection because, you know, he cuts a swath. He's the first one in and we get in behind him. So when we're following, there's protection. And you see, that's the part we've been missing. When we talk about character, some of us have been nervous about the dirt or the fertilizer or the ingredients, the nutrients that will help us grow and be strong in faith. We've been a little nervous because as we draw near to him, we're, we had that, ooh, maybe. But you see, when we're following him, we're in the path of protection. We're in the place where he's cut the swath. We're in behind him. And this divine protection that he's called so many of us to, we heard hints of it this morning. We sang some things about it, but we're still not convinced. I know it. I know it here. I know it as we pray that people are still not convinced in the mighty power that is and for us, that God is able to deliver in a mighty, mighty way. And when we touch that part, remember I said we get offended? This is part of the reason. We're not sure he'll protect us. 
And that's why we don't follow. But you see, it's because we follow typically a man's concept of the gospel. His words, not his words. And it's time to allow Holy Spirit to do some work in our minds, to get the attic, like I said, cleaned out, to have him work that work in our minds where we can come back to the place and just say, when I follow Jesus, I'm following my protector. I am following my healer. I'm following my deliverer, my savior. We sang the words, but they need to go past just words on a screen or words that you've sung. We've leaned on them hard in ways, but they've become mechanical things we say with our mouth but when we can come to the place there was this great place that uh, uh, Paul ended up in Acts where he ends up in prison and so we focus on, oh you know you preach the gospel you end up in prison y you know how about the fact that it didn't matter where he was he preached the gospel and it didn't matter where he was God was able to deliver him and people focus on the song part. Well, they sang at midnight. You better sing at midnight. Do you want to get up and sing at midnight? Does anybody here want to get up and sing praises at midnight? Say nothing. <laughs> She's the only one who gets up in the middle of the night. I think you too, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, your neighbors won't appreciate it. You know, there's a proverb about those ones who get up early in the morning and sing and talk loud. <laughs> Don't be one of those. <laughs> But we focus on the wrong thing. We focus on the, oh, there, there, there. You see, we found the answer. There it is. We've got a problem. We're going to sing at midnight. And so you decide you're going to fast and pray. We're going to everybody fast and pray. And then at midnight, we're all going to break out in praises and that will change the world. Mr. Fixit and Mrs. Fixit, we are not them. In learning to hear the Holy Spirit, what does it really say? They weren't bugged. It didn't matter where they were. There was something in their character so strong they couldn't be moved. They knew that they knew that they knew that Jesus provided protection, deliverance, healing, no matter where they were. It didn't matter. As Pastor Neil said this morning, it didn't matter. You, wherever you are, God is. Wherever you are, God is. And so while they sang at midnight, praising the Lord and all of those things, that was not the divine answer for every time you get stuck in the middle of a trouble. Aren't you glad? Amen. And everybody sitting beside you who, who is with you and partners and is near to you will be very glad as well. <laughs> we look at things trying to find specific answers. And as long as we're doing that, <clears throat> Our eyes are not open, and our ears are not hearing. There's something wrong in the hearing and the seeing. You see, we've come to hear Holy Spirit's answer. And he's saying, I am the answer. Look here. <laughs> Look up. Look up. Many times troubles surround people. And then if you feel like, well, she's just talking to me. No, I'm not. I'm talking to everybody. There are people watching perhaps today. As a matter of fact, when I, I did a little video this week on, on perspective and having heaven's perspective, somebody reached out from Philippines. We don't know what's going on. We just know a Holy Spirit saying, here's the answer. Look at me. Here is the answer. I am the answer. Look up. Look up. Look up, allow him to work the work in you and provide the nutrients. What are the nutrients? The nutrients are the word of God that will help you. Things that will help you remember he's your healer, that will help you remember he's your deliverer, that will help you remember that he is your great and mighty savior. He is not your halfway God. He is not part and parceling your, your salvation out here. You can have this piece today and you'll have to wait to tomorrow for another. That is not our God. The fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now turn with me, please, to Galatians. Because some of these things really are about timing. You go, well, that's it. That's the problem. Here we go. See, if you're saying that, you're looking at the problem. And you're looking for that special answer when Jesus is the answer. Holy Spirit's here on earth. 
to be the answer. He is our capital C comforter. He is our capital I instructor. He is our capital G guide on the earth. He is our capital F friend. Amen. We love you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for working with us. Did you find the book of Galatians? Chapter 6. The world calls this uh, yin-yang. It's been around for a while. What you sow, you reap. <laughs> but I want you to look at verse 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. And due season is, is that's where we get hung up on the time piece. I think when it's right. When it's right. So we're looking. Well, hear me. Watch. We're looking for due season. Is this it? We're looking for circumstances. We're looking for experience. We're looking for situation to tell us this is the time of our God. Right? Looking. But due season is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence. The evidence. Now faith. Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time of salvation. Due season. Due season. The weariness comes by our ears being plugged and our eyes being blinded by the things and the troubles of this world. Can you leave them behind? Perhaps I should say, will you? Because it's a decision. Will you leave the things that you cannot fix behind? God has a great call in the earth right now for us to be in his time. His due season is now. Now. We can reap now. We can walk now. We don't have to wait for years to have character to develop, to have his nature flow in us and change us. We don't have to wait. It can happen momentarily, but it happens through the decision of leaving behind and following hard. Following hard, I press toward the mark. I press toward, I decide to follow in the wind path. I decide to follow Jesus. Wherever he says go, I go. I will not wander. I will not hesitate I will go and where I go I know he's already been he's already been he's already cleared the path I am walking in a place of safety and it may look like hell around me but it is not in me it is not in me having left all to follow him is now. It is due season. Don't faint. If you need to have those things they put on horses to find focus again, go ahead. For a time, allow Holy Spirit to just bring you in and focus your eyes again. See what he's doing. See that wherever he's placed you is a good thing. Begin to see his goodness right in your very placing. See, it's easy to see what's wrong. It's easy. So I was sharing with some people, and it was so good. And I said, you know, anybody ever picked apples? It's been fruit day today, harvest time. If I pick a bunch of apples... Put them in a box. But there's one bad apple. It spoils the whole bunch, girls. 
The good apples will never make the bad apple good. But the bad apple will spoil the rest. When I say leave the nets behind, you're going to have to leave some things behind. There's stuff back there. Bad apples, I don't mean people. I mean your bad thing you've been hanging on to, you don't want to give to God. Just between you and him. Those things. Those things. The place where it's too high a cost, they don't want to give him this part. No, it's too high to keep it. Too high to keep it. Little things. And you say, it could be a table and a chair. It doesn't matter to God. It's what you hold that's higher than him. That thing. That's what's dirty. That's what's flesh. The dirty things of this flesh that you count greater than God. And you know you count it greater if it's your priority. The first place you run to. The first person you run to when you're in trouble. When you're in trouble and you know something's wrong and you haven't run to Jesus, is the next person you run to filled with the Holy Ghost and giving you Bible and chapter and verse who might not like what they say to you, but it's helpful? Are you ready to leave behind those things that have caused your want to stumble? Or are you still trying to be the own rotor in your life? Good questions, Pastor Gwen. It's time for us to see, to have our eyes clear, to have our ears open, because it is due season. There are people in every one of our lives that need Jesus. Some people are easy to share, and that's fine. Maybe your call is to pray, but every time you pray, all you can think of is your own troubles. As we prayed for Kenya this morning, who's not our troubles? We have troubles in our nation, but we pray for them. Sometimes that's the greatest release, is going outside of your trouble and beginning to see. Are we willing to see and can we see the good things God's placed here? Be glad you're breathing today. Glad that there's life within you of all kinds. What are you glad of? What's the good thing he's placed in you? And have you been blinded by your situation and so focused on it you forgot to look? God's calling us to be alive, to walk strong, to live strong, and to be blessed. This morning, you've had some fertilizer. And we've talked a lot about the places that God wants to shift. You have maybe put a few things on the docket. God, I want you to fix this. But he's saying, you know what? I just really want this. I just really want this. And as you go forward to that thing, decide today, I'm going to leave that junk behind. I couldn't fix it anyway. Greatest thing I've ever done in my life. And I hope you'll decide too. It's worthy because he's worthy. And I love him. And I'm so glad he changes us. He'll help you love those you had struggle with. <laughs> Amen. Shikande letobral. Shulegala letebrese. Lingo odro brusereche. Holy Spirit, your work in us, alive. Kalesule, deprese. All the difficult places, the places we've had a hard time leaving. Father, the places that have stung, they've, they've got nets around us, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now that you're helping every person see again. Helping every person hear again. That the nets would just be dissolved through the anointing this day. That that which bound them, binds them no more. Hallelujah. 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 
We thank you. You are our deliverer. You are our mighty God. You are mighty in strength. Mighty in power. Mighty in deed. Mighty in deed. Mighty to protect us. Mighty to deliver. Mighty to save. Mighty to save. Hallelujah. Oh, mighty in all you do for us and through us. We thank you this day. You're working through us. And that which we've struggled with, that you just remove that as we leave things behind this day and follow hard after you. Hallelujah. Let's stand upon our feet. Oh, he's our healer. Oh, he's our healer. Father, the places where it's been hard to forgive, that have tangled people up in that. Holy Spirit, I thank you that they, this day, that they would have a revelation of how you have forgiven them. And in that, as they receive that forgiveness, that they can flow in forgiveness to others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some people here feel like there's been all kinds of setups against them. Like you've had setups, setups. Every time I turn around, I feel like there's a setup against me. Like this whole thing's been a setup against me. I'm telling you today, by Holy Spirit, He's removing that setup. That you're not in that trap. He's not designed a trap for you. And if you will just walk away from that thing, He'll take care of it. He'll take care of it. That setup, and yes, you know who you are. There's two of you. And there's somebody who's going to watch online later who's going to see this, and they're going to say, that, that was for me too. I'm telling you by the Holy Spirit today, every weapon that, that was in that is non-functional anyway. It's non-functional. They can't make a curse against you. There's no place in you that thing can stick. That's what the blood of Jesus is doing for you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you can just begin to thank him. Begin to thank him right there. That setup is done. That setup, I'm not falling in that trap. I'm not falling in that trap. I'm not falling in that trap. I see that trap. Hallelujah. He's training your hands for war and your fingers for battle. Some of you others, you didn't have the setup, but you know the trap. You knew the trap. You saw that trap. Now you see it and you don't have to step in it. You don't have to step in the trap. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I thank you to this day that there is a fresh revelation coming to your people about your great healing power working and living in them. Living in them. That great divine health working strength and physical strength in every person's body here today. You, Holy Spirit, have worked that and brought it to them that their eyes would be open and their ears would hear and know that Jesus bought and paid for this and they don't have to spend one more day in pain. Hallelujah. I thank you for that, that revelation rising up in people's hearts and being able to take it from a new perspective. You are a great healer, a great provider. Hands in the air of those people who have had some real financial troubles as well. Holy Spirit, I thank you this day that you are showing them and giving them the correct ideas of how to get out of some of the messes that they're in. Father, where they've made poor decisions financially, I thank you there's forgiveness for that. You just let it, just tell them. God, I'm really sorry. I really messed this up. These are some of the nets that have had you tangled. You think, until I fix this financial problem, I can't go forward with the Lord. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's not due season. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. You show them and you've forgiven them and you show them how to move forward correctly in that. You just take that. Say, thank you, Lord. I receive your forgiveness for that poor financial decision. I thank you, Lord. You're showing me how to, how to manage the finances and be a good steward in your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now just thank him for his great deliverance. That you that that where the things you need to leave behind. Some of you know there's something, but you don't know what it is, and you think you gotta sort it out and have all that. When I know the list of what I need to leave behind, I'll leave it. No, you just leave it. You don't have to go back and inspect it. You don't have to go back and inspect what you're leaving. Just leave it. And that's a decision. I'm leaving it, Jesus. I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. I'm done with it. Head forward. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, Father, for your great hand on this family. On this family. Father, as it grows in your love and your knowledge of you, that it grows stronger. Oh, just lift your hands. Oh, it's growing stronger in me. It's growing stronger in me. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you for moving in my life. Thank you for your voice being clearer and clearer. Thank you for your love, oh God. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for guiding me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, for your great strength filling us all. Oh, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.